Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Welcome to the Larry Crider Leadership Podcast. Larry Crider here. With me today in the studio is Wanda Outcher. Welcome, Wanda. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, it's great having you and Bobby on before talking about how you work together, being so different, and yet you make it happen. God, by His grace, <laughs> done a major thing with you. I really want to drill down. Obviously, today we want to talk about. I mentioned to you words to pray by your new book, which I love. It's an excellent book. I've already used some of this already in my own prayers. It's great. We want to talk about that, but first of all, let's talk about. Being a woman in leadership, yeah. what's that like? And I'm sure you've had lots of battles to work through that. There's been lots of different perceptions in the body of Christ about what that looks like, what that doesn't look like. Of course, you're part of the Dev Global family, and we believe strongly in women in leadership mm-hmm. in every role. Uh, talk to me about that a bit as we get started here. For those who didn't hear the first podcast, tell us where you're from, what do you do, and we'll start there. And then we're going to talk about women in leadership, okay? Sure. Uh, well, Bobby and I were in Winchester, Virginia, uh, pastoring Crossroads Community yes. Church, which we started uh, 25 years ago. It'll be next year, 25 wow. years. So, uh, but we met uh, through the church. I was already in church leadership, actually, and he was in sales. And then he got the call into ministry. Right. But uh, there in Winchester, of course, Bobby's heading up the ministry there. I'm now the majority of what I do. Yeah, it's online, YouTube, uh, social media platforms, through writings, uh, just really being a prophetic voice to exactly. the nation, to the nations right. in a place I never thought I would be. Right. Uh, I never aspired to be a writer. Uh, and I certainly never thought that I would have the platforms that I have mm-hmm. now, but God put something inside of me and and it had to get out somehow. <laughs> and God, so that's you, how it ended and up. You've done it well. Now talk about being a woman in leadership, what that felt like, some of the battles you had to go through to get to the place you're at today where you are recognized today. People trust you today throughout our nation and the world. They trust you. But that didn't just happen overnight. No, it didn't. Uh, my dad was a pastor, so I grew up in the church. I was very familiar with it. But I was a musician from day one, and so I hid in the music room all my life. And I, if anything, I thought I was going to be, people would tell me I was going to be the next Sandy Patty or Amy Grant or whatever, because okay. I, I did several music albums. Sure. I, I taught. Uh, I had a violin school in the early years. I never saw myself as a leader. I was always a musician. I was good at it. Uh, and I enjoyed doing things. I got involved in different levels of leadership. But... It was a Mennonite community where I was. I grew up, and though they were probably more liberal and more open, uh, it was more on the side of trying to champion a feminist version of that that I just had no interest in. I just wanted to serve the Lord. Um, but there were a lot of hurdles, not only just in the the community theologically. You know, I grew up with some mindsets, and then being married to Bobby who uh, his grandfather was, you know, the president of Eastern Mennonite College, (laughs) also had just some real doctrinal uh, things that we had to walk through. So it was a long journey of just trying to get a handle on what it even looks like for a woman to be involved in leadership. I mean, the very first time I got up behind a pulpit, I was told I could only share my testimony. I was not allowed to do any teaching. Wow. 
So <laughs> I've come a long way, you know, from those uh, early years. But uh, a lot of the struggle, it really was more internal than, than from others. Certainly there's been, you know, people that still, you know, say, you know, why a, a woman shouldn't be doing this or that. But, you know, at this point, the Lord has just done such a work of freedom in my life and because of what he's done in Bobby and I and just right. settling some of those theological questions, uh, I feel great freedom. And I'm really blessed uh, Beautiful. today. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, what are some things that you wish you would have known when you started? Well, you know, because of this issue of me feeling, because I did know early on God had put something in my heart that needed to be expressed. And when I first began to realize, even prophetically, that the Lord was giving me some words, some things to say, I was desperate for someone to see them. I needed validation. Right, I was looking right. for that validation. Uh and so I tried to make it happen. And this is something that I, I see happening a lot mm. with people, especially women, who are first coming into a sense of a gifting or a calling. Right. If, if you are not healed from the inside out right. and you've got a secure identity in the Lord, the natural human reaction is you feel like you need to prove yourself. Mm. You know, you have to raise your hand, look at me, don't you see what I have? Right. And so I felt always like I needed to prove myself. And my, my pastor, who was Bobby, <laughs> gave me the best advice in those early years. He said, Wanda, let the fruit of your gift lead the way. And I knew that there was a word from the Lord, that I just needed to be faithful and serve the Lord, mm. and that by the fruit, it would be seen, because one of the things that was in my heart uh, was just the need to walk in humility and, and not this self-promotion kind mm -hmm. of thing, the marketing that I saw happen in the church. And so I just really determined, God, I just want to serve. And whatever you want to do with it, then I leave it up to you. Mm -hmm. And that really did pave the way. And that's really what even shifted, even for Bobby and the church leadership, where I, I began to feel welcomed because it was self-evident. It wasn't because I was trying to draw attention to it, but because others are now receiving the benefit and the blessings of my gift mm -hmm. that people would say, wow, you know, do you see this in Wanda? And so, you know, if, if I'd give any advice, it would be just let the fruit of your mm -hmm. gift show itself. Just serve the Lord faithfully and, and he'll make the room for you. You mentioned feminism before. You kind of grew up in, in a feministic environment. Talk about the difference between the healthy release of men and women in leadership and the whole feminism side. Can you talk to, to us about that? Well, when I first saw it, and this was during my college years, and they had actually, in my conference, they were determined that they wanted me to be the first ordained woman within that conference. Interesting. But I knew when they offered that to me, I felt more like a trophy piece. Because what I had seen was women who, they they almost took on a masculine tone, like they didn't even want to be one. They they wanted to show themselves as I'm just as aggressive as what a man could be. Sure. And it was almost uh, like a usurping. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the idea of partnership, you know, of complementary. Mm -hmm. It was more like a woman trying to prove I'm just as good as, if not better than. And just the spirit of it. I, I just did not bear witness. I thought, this is not God's plan. And again, part of our theological understanding is realizing from the very beginning, mm. God created man and woman, woman to work together. And so it's not a matter so of a good. woman's right, right to preach. Right. No, it's, it's what God always designed, that we each have a part that we're meant to complement each other. And, it, and they both are very powerful. And so it's not a matter of who's first. You know, it's, can, so can we good. do this together? So... 
to, and it all goes back to the heart. It's not yeah, about the gift. That's right. It's how you approach it and, and your yeah. posture in that. Well, we had Dave Hess in the studio here, and he's, you know, pastor, author, and wrote the book Side by Side, where mm-hmm. men and women walk side by side right. and brought that out so well. And that is so different than the, the feminine spirit that we see in, in parts of the body of Christ. So I really mm-hmm. affirm you in that. So have you made any mistakes, Wanda? <laughs> <laughs> and if so, would you share a few with us? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the story that I like to refer to was when I was, a worship leader, because that was a primary uh, role of leadership was in worship. And in those early years, um, I mean, I was a strong leader and I gave great direction to my team, sure. you know, and I was, I was thinking creatively and I was doing it all unto the Lord of what would be pleasing to him because I had a high standard of excellence. Yeah. And so that's how I would train my team. And, and I'll never forget, uh, you know, I'd been doing this for a couple years. It was a new church plant, actually. And they had planned, they told me that uh, we had a special meeting one night where the elder team was going to be coming in with, with the worship team, getting together. Right. And I wasn't quite sure of the agenda, but I thought, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go and meet with the elder team about worship. Awesome. Well, I get there, and I only find out at that meeting that it's actually a roast wand tonight. <laughs> oh, no. That... Uh, A number of the team members had come to the elder team with concerns about my leadership. I had no clue. And so it was going around the circle and each one basically bearing their grievances against me. And I was in shock. I was humiliated. I was ashamed of myself. And I mean, the Lord worked through it and our relationships were strong enough. We worked past it and through it. Obviously, it got my attention because I was letting my vision just run over people. but you know, out of that, I I realized, and I I've told people since then, if you've got a problem, come and tell me, please. Exactly. You know, I want to know. I want to work through this. Uh, but that's not the right way to to do it. And I think they realized later on that that wasn't the best way mm-hmm. to do it. But I'll have to admit, as I look back at it, I probably wasn't even inviting any feedback. I mm-hmm. wasn't asking how I was doing. I just assumed. I'm a great leader, <laughs> you know, so, uh, and that's something that Bobby and I've learned as well is, is just to learn to listen a yeah. lot better and invite feedback all it's the good. time. If you invite feedback, then people are free to give the feedback. Yes. Otherwise they're scared to give the feedback. Exactly. Often. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so what would you say to a younger leader who would ask you for advice on how to be healthy? Uh, two things, uh, be yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't try to be like anyone else. Right. Comparison kills. Yeah, it does. And get free of any kind of baggage, emotionally and spiritually. Go through a freedom appointment. Be willing yeah. to deal with those disappointments in the past, any hurts, uh, bitterness against people or the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've got to deal with those. You can't just put yeah. them on the back shelf and assume they're just going to stay in the back. The enemy will bring them up. If you really want to be effective in the kingdom, mm-hmm. there will come a point where the enemy is just going to open up that closet and confront you with it. So the sooner that you deal with that, mm-hmm. and, and it's just inviting the Lord you know, it's not trying to make something happen, but just always have that heart, Lord, if there's anything in me that could be a roadblock, mm-hmm. then show me. I want to deal with it because God's going to honor that humility uh, mm-hmm. before him in, in tremendous ways. And people need to see that in leadership today. They need to see leaders who are willing to say, hey, I don't have it all together. I'm working through this, but I'm determined to get free, you know, for, yeah. for everyone's sake. So, so, so good. 
Juan, I want to learn from you about social media. You've done that so well. I mean, you've been light years ahead of anything I've done on social media. And talk to us about how the Lord opened that door for you, and what practically, what have you seen work? Huh. I'm really interested in this. Well, here again, I never intended, I never would have seen, this is why God doesn't show us things ahead of time, because we talk ourselves out of us, out right. of it, you know, disqualify ourselves. Uh, when I first started having all these prophetic dreams, I've always been an avid journal keeper, okay? And at the point where I was frustrated because I didn't have a pulpit, I didn't have a ministry, sure. you know, Bobby said, start a blog, just, mm-hmm. you know, write a blog. So I thought, okay, I guess that's the thing to do. So I started writing a blog, and at that point, Facebook was really kind of just, you know, on the scene, that was a big thing. So I started a Facebook page, and so I just started sharing, you know, a little bit of Facebook posts. And I tell you what, if you want an immediate response, you know, as to whether or not people like what you have to say, or they're going to listen. That's what that did. It actually taught me some really good skills to even learn how to say something worthwhile in a short amount of time. It has to be a soundbite. So even as a writer, you know, I had to learn that skill of how can I say something meaty that people will, will watch and listen. And it was a good gauge as to what people were hungry for. Was I hitting something that, that, you know, really mm-hmm. uh, was meaningful or not. Not that I was writing to please people, but it was a tool. And of course, from that point on, uh, you know, other outlets then began to pick up the words that I would post. Spirit Fuel was one of the first ones. Uh, and eventually, Elijah List then began to post mm-hmm. words. And that was really the primary uh, source for years was Facebook I, and in my blog. And then I got on staff, Intercessors for America, And then it was really in 2020, after the election, where our church at Crossroads had already had a YouTube channel and Mm -hmm. had had posted some things. And I had posted an occasional video on there because I would do some Facebook Lives as Mm -hmm. well. And people began to write and say, want to do more videos. I really like those. Uh, And I enjoyed doing them. So basically, the Lord had given me a prophetic dream right at that time. I put it on our YouTube channel. It went viral. It, mm. it got over 900,000 views. Wow. And I felt like, the, and it wasn't even that great of a video, <laughs> but it showed the hunger for, for what was happening sure. in the nation. And at that point, uh, that's when I started my own YouTube channel, mm-hmm. not knowing what, you know, what was going to happen. And it's just really been the Lord's favor. And and I, this is what I, I tell people who are looking to start kind of some kind of platform, you know, in social media, is always make sure that it's the message, uh, that it's the content. It's always content. Anyone sure. will tell you whether whatever medium it is, people, you need good content. Right. It, you can have all the packaging you want. Right. You can have all the bells and whistles True. of marketing, but if it's if it doesn't have any meat to change True. lives, it it won't carry anything. So that's where I always put. All my focus was on the content. I wanted to share, you know, what I felt like the Lord gave me in a way that people could really, you know, respond to. And then whatever kind of uh, bows and ribbons could go around that, then it it would serve to complement it. And I've just seen the Lord really honor that because, again, people are looking for someone that's authentic and real. Mm -hmm. And I know for, for my generation... There's really been a pushback against the marketing, mm-hmm. especially when you're in the church. Right. That you know, if you look too smooth and polished, mm-hmm. they don't trust you. And you know, when Facebook first started doing videos, that raw camera right, at home right, that was shaky, right. kind of yeah. whatever, people loved it because they they feel like, okay, you're a real person, I can trust right. you. And that's what we're seeing now. You know, from all the podcasts that are going mm-hmm. out, 
because people want someone that's real. And mm. so, you know, bottom line with social media, that's what the Lord is using because people are looking for someone that they can trust that is away from the glitz and glamour that, that's willing to share their heart. And, and people will listen if you've got something worthwhile to say. So good. People want to follow you. How do they do that? Uh, well, I'm WandaElger.me is my website, okay. and I'm really encouraging people to subscribe to my weekly newsletter because that's a new thing. I am on Rumble as well. I'm on Telegram. I just started Twitter, uh, Truth Social, <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> uh, but really, it's my website that I feel like okay. uh, will give the you know the weekly newsletter is going to give the full yeah. benefit of, of everything you know that I that I put out, and that's where all my resources can be found as well. Right. So check out the show notes. All that's on the show notes. All this information that we're talking about right now, so you can get a drink from the well that God <laughs> has given to Wanda. Thank you. Now we want to focus the rest of our time on uh, one of the books you've written, "Words to Pray By." I love this book. It's your latest book. Mm -hmm. It's a great book. I've used it personally. It's a fantastic book on prayer. Uh, this is your sixth book, I believe. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yeah. Tell us about some of your other books. Um, Moving from Sword to Scepter was the one right before, mm -hmm. uh, which Destiny Image uh, right. did for me, as well as Prayer That Sparks National Revival. Those mm -hmm. two were done with Destiny. Before that, I self-published Oracles of Grace. Bobby and I co-wrote a devotional, uh, 21 Days, uh, Making Room for His Presence. Uh, and then my very first book was uh, Exposing the Religious Spirit. Right. I remember that well. Tell me why you wrote this new book. Why did you write Words to Pray By? I had been planning for the last two years since my last book. to My next book is going to be about fivefold ministry, the apostolic. Mm -hmm. But earlier this year, the Holy Spirit said, stop, you've got to write a book on prayer first. Mm -hmm. And I realized that... Uh, for the majority of time that people have known me online, it's been because of prayer. Mm. I worked with intercessors right. for America, and I've been an intercessor all my life. Yes. Now, that, that assignment actually shifted through a prophetic dream and whatever into what I'm doing now. But I realized that after all this time that you know I have had these platforms, I, haven't, I don't really have a book on prayer. And at the same time, what I've learned is... Uh, because especially YouTube, it has attracted a lot of people outside the church, mm -hmm. especially outside the charismatic church. Mm -hmm. And I would hear from people who were just coming to the Lord, just coming to the Lord, not understanding about how do you hear God's voice? How do you pray? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would get emails from grandmothers saying, I don't even know how to pray. So the Lord told me, Wanda, you need to write this book. And the inspiration came from my own prayer journal that I started when I was a teenager. Wow. When I was growing up at home, again, it was uh, there was a lot of stuff happening at, at my house, and I would spend my time in my room with my guitar and and praying. And the Living Translation had just come out at that time. Yeah, I remember that. Well. And I and I remember just reading through, and I saw the verse in First John where it said, "If you pray according to God's will, anything that you pray, I mean, this is my paraphrase, yeah. he, He's going to hear you and answer Correct. you." So I I determined at that time. If I know God's will, he says, if I pray according to his will, mm -hmm. that he'll answer. Because I, I felt like the only thing I could do to change life was prayer. Right. So I started making my own prayer concordance by writing down scriptures mm -hmm. from Old and New Testament topically. Wow. Because I wanted to know, okay, what is God's will for finances? What is right. God's will for relationships? I would find all the scriptures I could, and then I would pray them. So that's the basis of this book, Words to Pray By. It's a prayer concordance. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. It's divided up into all these different subjects that are pretty core to most people, you know, things that we deal with from, you know, hearing God's voice to family, relationships, the prodigals, being a caregiver, to challenging times, to the church, to our culture. 
And I take scriptures from both Old and New Testament, and then after every verse, I write a personalized prayer. And I mean, I've heard back from people. I mean, the testimonies have been amazing. Actually, I got to tell Tell this most powerful testimony. The very first shipment that I got, the Amazon lady dropped them off at my house. It was like 30 boxes, and she helped me unload these. And uh, and I didn't know who she was, but I just wanted to thank her because it was a lot of work. And it just seemed you know, obvious to gift her one of my books because she was kind of asking, you know, what are all these boxes? So I just pulled one out and I gave it to her and I just, I blessed her. And, you know, Mm. I didn't know her spiritual journey if she was a Christian, but I gave it to her. Well, a couple couple weeks later, she comes back for another delivery and she just happens to mention that, you know, my young adult son, he saw that book and he picked it up and he started to read it and, and uh, he's kind of enjoying it. And I thought, well, well, cool. She didn't say anything about herself or whatever. Um, well then, uh, last week she dropped off another load and she stopped, she turned around and she said, you know, ever since you gave me that book, my life hasn't been the same. Beautiful. She said, I started praying those prayers and my family has totally changed. And she started talking about relationships that were being restored. I was floored. I was so blessed. That is so And she, cool. the last thing she said is she, she said, you never know how your whole life can change by just meeting that one person. Mm. All I could do was point up and say, yeah, well, it's meeting him person, first, you know. Jesus. But I thought, wow, you know, what an unexpected divine appointment. Uh, but that's the power of the Word of God, and and that's the hunger. Because mm-hmm. I'm assuming, I don't think this woman goes to church anywhere, but right. this, this, I feel, is a tool for discipleship. You can give right. it to a brand new believer, mm-hmm. and not only will they learn how to pray, but they're going to learn what God's will is for their life and yeah. be encouraged. Yeah, this broken down into six different areas, I've noticed. You've got spiritual growth, and then all kinds of prayers have to do with that. Then family, then challenging times, spiritual battles, the ecclesia, the church, and possessing the land. And so talk to me about how you did that or why you did it like that. I was just looking for things that are pertinent to everyone. I mean, both personal as well as what we deal with in our culture, what we're dealing with in our nation. Obviously, a lot of people who follow me, they are praying for the nation. They're Mm -hmm. praying for the church. Mm -hmm. And that's critical because it's not just about ourselves. And if we do pray for ourselves, it needs to just be the starting point for then impacting those around us and being change agents. So I wanted to make it more all-encompassing. I wouldn't be surprised if there's follow-up you know, books dealing with sure. even other topics, but I felt like it was a good way to start. Ah, it's, it's fantastic. Of course, under each of these six, you've got lots of, you've broken down into lots of specifics, you know, praying for words for our families, for our husbands, wives, children, re, you know, relational conflicts, all these things. What I love about it, it's so practical. Anybody can use this. Yeah. Because they're reading the scripture, mm-hmm. and then there's a prayer there that they can obviously pray in any way they want to pray it, but you're mm-hmm. getting them started right. in, in praying these powerful prayers in this book. Wow. Yeah. Any other stories about how you've seen people's lives change with this book? Well, I've gotten testimonies about relationships being restored, prodigals coming home, wow. finances turning around. Mm. Um, and, you know, and I write in there in the, in the preface, I purposely made all the prayers first person uh, and they're not necessarily meant as declarations, right. but it, it really is just, Lord, here I am. This is what your word says. So this is what I'm in agreement with. Right. Uh, you know, there's a place for declaration, and there's some in there that are declarations. But the more that we realize, it's it's all about connecting with His heart. You yes. know, personally, it's not just petitioning. You know, for to fix problems, but it's building that intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tried to, I mean, I wrote prayers, this is how I pray, you know, I'm sure. I'm real uh, about my own issues, but I also 
you know, pray what I know that his heart is for other situations. I don't demand him to do things. I just know that because he's a good father, yes. he wants to do this for Amen. his sons and daughters. Amen. And so I come, you know, with that faith, knowing that he's an abundant father that wants to share his good goodness. Yeah. 360 plus pages of <laughs> prayers in this one. It's just, just amazing. I highly yeah. recommend this book. I know this uh, people all over the world are connecting with already. And I believe you've only begun to see what God's going to do through through this book. So thank you. Anything else you would like to share with leaders today as has to do with prayer or anything else, especially leaders who are part of our podcast family saying, I want to learn to be a healthy leader. Anything else you'd say to them today? Well, you know, since we're talking about the books and even just writers, mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's more writing to be done. I agree. Uh, and again, I never aspired to be mm-hmm. a writer, but when God's given you a message, uh, right. your pulpit might be a, a manuscript, a book. That's right. Uh, and it's just as powerful. It could actually end up reaching a lot more people. You know, And so if that is a desire, I say go for it and find those avenues you know, to share, be it a blog site, mm-hmm. social media, um, connect with people. And, I mean, we could do another whole podcast too on just the whole publishing, you know, of, of exactly. going about that because that's very real. And I think there needs to be a lot more of recording because the reason that I ended up writing, it was probably eight, nine years ago. It was during a trip to Taiwan with Randy Clark, Global Awakening. Mm-hmm. The Lord hit me on the floor and he gave me uh, admonition, he said, record. I want you to record everything mm. for the next generation. So we need writers we to record what we're learning, mm. you know, in the church, in the body of Christ yeah. um, for the generations to come because, you know, the church is going through huge shifts right. and transformation. And we we have an opportunity to write that down, you know, to write our history. Yeah. So that we don't make the same mistakes. <laughs> right. You know, we've been blessed. You've been blessed. I've been blessed by those who 100 years ago had written or 50 mm-hmm. years ago or two or 300 years ago. I mean, the works of John Wesley changed my life. And they can go on and on. Charles Finney and on and on. And, it's, and I just, you know, as I've read this, as, even as a younger leader, it was revolutionary. And one day I realized that because of them, I'm who I am today. I need mm. to do the same for the next generation. Mm-hmm. To see a few minutes yet in closing and talk about the whole publishing cycle, that, that's just overwhelming to many people. Like, how in the world do you ever do that? And it's changed a lot. I mean, it's, it's much easier today, even when I started writing 25 years ago, it's much easier today, Wanda. Yeah. Talk about how you did that. Well, a couple things, because uh, I've done both with a publishing house. Now I just self-publish yeah. anymore because of the technology. You know, I use Amazon, yeah. Kindle. It is so easy to do. Yeah. But the more important thing is, it's just like what I did with my music albums years ago. You know, you can write a book, you can make an album, but there is a timing because I think the reason why the books have done so well is because I already had a following. I yes. already had people mm-hmm. that were kind of drawn to my voice and the message mm-hmm. that the Lord gave me. And so to me, that's more important before spending money and time, Agreed. you know, in writing or producing these things. Sometimes just need to gel, you know, what, what you carry to test it out um, and to really Find that field. You know, we talk about fields of ministry. Who are those people that the Lord Mm -hmm. wants you to reach? What is that message that's on your heart? And then from there, you can begin to look at, okay, how can I best get this out? So, you know, at this point, this book was self-published, and it's done great. Uh, The last one was through a publishing house. For, you know, for beginners, if you don't have 
a lot of marketing skills. A publishing house can can be good, but every publishing house is different. It is, you know, in terms of what they offer, where they go. Uh, mine, you know, Destiny Image is more towards a charismatic Pentecostal. And so if you have a message that you want to really reach mainstream, then right. you have to look at, well, who can do that? So anymore, I mean, for me personally, I love self-publishing. It just gives me full control. And it's so easy anymore to even uh, reach internationally because of what Amazon does yeah. and Kindle. I mean, it's incredible. And so anybody can do it. You'd be surprised at how easy it is yeah. anymore. And the nice thing I've told so many about self-publishing is if things change, God gives you further revelation, you want to change something in the book, you can do it. Yes. If it's another publisher has the rights to it, then you really can't do it unless they allow you to do it, right. unless you get the rights back. So that's great practical insight. Anything else you'd say to younger leaders here before we close our podcast today? This has been so, so helpful. Love what you're doing. <laughs> Love your heart. Uh, all I can say is be bold and courageous. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> and go for those new territories. You know, uh, go with a heart of faith. If you know yeah. you're called, the grace will be there. Amen. Wanda Alger, words to pray by, 360 plus pages of prayers and and all based on scripture. Scripture, then the prayer. Love this book. I've used it already in my own life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Check out the show notes today and find out more ways to get a hold of Wanda and her ministry and uh, wherever you buy books, whether it's Amazon or wherever you buy books, words to pray by, pick it up by Wanda Alger. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. So God bless you all. I look forward to being back with you next week where we learn these small changes we can make in our lives that cause us to be the leaders God has called us to be in the future. So God bless you and look forward to being with you next week. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com. 